job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash out. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way, or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Okay, everybody, now we're here live here on all links on this Tuesday, September 20th. I tell you, it goes by quick once we get into the football season. It seems like it was just Labor Day just a few days ago, and actually that was three weeks ago. I'm uh, going to talk about today, the last night's game, what the Tennessee Titans possibly should think about doing going forward uh, if this roster and losing streak stands the way it is. Talk a little bit about Jacksonville, the Philadelphia Eagles. But first, as I missed last week, but we got him on this week, want to talk about the Cowboys. Big win yesterday or Sunday. A little transition there, quarterback, because of an injury. uh, Without needing any more announcement, we're going to bring in former Dallas Cowboy player and coach, uh, Jim Jeffcoat. Now, you played, Jim, from 83 to 94 for the Cowboys, right? Yes, yes. And then I went to Buffalo for three years. For three years. Now, on uh, as a coach for Dallas, you you coach from '98 to 2004. Now that's what your Wikipedia says. Yes, yes, <laughs> I did. I coached uh, D line for him. Um, as soon as actually I went to I coached. I was there um, in '94, uh, '95. Obviously, I went to Buffalo, and yeah. as soon as I finished in Buffalo, immediately they hired me as a uh, defensive line coach. At Buffalo, at Dallas. At Dallas. Okay. Uh, by the way, really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, <laughs> and uh, just like Robert said, everybody needs to contribute because Robert is one of the hardest working men in the media. Hey, man, I didn't pay him to say that. I don't have <laughs> enough money to afford you. <laughs> it, it'll come back to you, buddy. Hey, now, what I wanted to ask you last week, let's go back, not Sunday, Let's go back to Sunday before that. I actually felt sorry for the Dallas Cowboys. You hear guys like Stephen A. Smith just pumble and pumble this team. And the air the air kind of went out of my balloon as well because I, I uh, picked Dallas to win the division. As a player, when something like a, a Dak Prescott, a player like that, goes down, how do you handle that? What are the conversations in the locker room Say if, if someone like a Dak Prescott, a starting quarterback, goes down. Well, Robert, if you remember, well, you might be too young to remember. When we went in Super Bowls, Troy Aikman was injured and uh, Steve Berline stepped in 
and then we had Rodney Pete step in, and then we had Jason Garrett step in. We always had somebody step in. But the thing is, is that's a part of being in professional football. There are going to be injuries. There are going to be people out. The rest of the team has to step up. Okay. So what do you um... – so the conversations is that it, it's not like our season's over with. What are we going to do? Uh, let, let's let's make offseason plans. None of that stuff. No, no, uh, not this early in the season. There's been times we lost one of the, um, our, our best offensive linemen in Mark Stepnowski, who also played for uh, Tennessee. At OK. One. And um, he was lost for the season. And we brought in a gentleman called Derek Kennard. And he just picked it up in a Frank Corners. Yeah. Hey, Pickles, my man Pickles is here. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. But, uh, but that's the thing that happens is there are always going to be things going on. There's always going to be adversity. But how you choose to react to the diversity is going to help you um, become a, um, a, a better team. This is probably, I hate to say it, this is good for the Cowboys because they'll know how to deal with adversity. There's going to be more adversity. There's yeah. 15 more games to go, and you yeah. have to build. Hey, you talk about the Tennessee Titans. Um, our second year after we had won the Super Bowl, we were 0-2 uh, and came back and won another Super Bowl. So it's how you deal with yeah. adversity. How do, you, how do you deal with that as a coach? What do you tell the team? You're a defensive line coach. Uh, say if you lose a big time player, how, how, do, how do you talk to these players? Because you know well, they're probably deflated, some of them. They are deflated, but uh, I lost a big time player in Greg Ellis, um, who became, he was a top five pick for me, and uh, he tore his Achilles. And I had to start an um, undrafted free agent named Demetric Evans. Yeah. And it's my responsibility to get him repair, uh, prepared to play. And that's what I had to do. And he played well. He played well. And another one I drafted in the fourth round, Pepe Zellner. I rotated him. I kept him fresh. I yeah. made sure they understood the game plan. That's my responsibility. And the coach's responsibility is to always motivate the young men that are under him. And the head coach's responsibility is to make them believe they can accomplish what yeah. they need to do. Oh, man. Hey, let me ask you about this. Okay. Now – you said something a couple of weeks ago. Actually, let, let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, so the defense, a little observation. It was a big win Sunday, by the way. Uh, I can see you were pretty excited. I saw you put a little Dallas Cowboy thing on, on Instagram uh, the other day. Yeah, I was uh, at the game. I worked the, uh, the games for the Cowboys. So what do you do? What do you do for the Cowboys? I uh, go to the suites and shake hands, kiss babies, take pictures. <laughs> I'm like a politician, I guess, and I never wanted to be a politician. Oh, man. Um, so let me ask you this then. You, you said something a few weeks ago about Jerry Jones really taking a back seat and Steven, the son Steven, he's doing the day-to-day -day operations. Uh if Steven insisted anything that you have witnessed or, or any players, if he insisted on making a certain personnel move over dad, Jerry, do you think Steven will win that out? I think at this point, Steven is more in the uh, front because he is the face of the Cowboys because Jerry 
obviously is 80 years old. Yeah. He's moving it away from day-to-day operations. And Steven is moving more in the day. And Charlotte, Jerry Jones Jr., uh, those guys are really starting to run the team. And Jerry is still the face of the Cowboys. And as long as he lives, he always will be the face. But they're doing the grunt work. They're looking yeah. at the rosters and things of that nature and preparing the the salary cap, looking at those things. And it's a different – Jerry is very charismatic. Yeah. And he always – and I mean, he does things off a of gut feeling, like when he purchased the Cowboys. It was a gut feeling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking about that, man. Um, so I, I look at a uh, – paying a guy like Zeke Elliott, he's $18 million. That's the most uh, highest yeah. in a running back in the NFL. You remember a couple – about three years ago, he held out in training camp when he had two years left on his contract. Uh, do you think that was type of a Jerry Jones type of move? Because somebody like that probably sells a lot of tickets. He was a top, was he, I think like a top 10 pick that year. Yes, he was. As a and free agent or as a, a draft pick. And he was at the peak of his career. But the one thing you got to know about running backs is they have, there are certain running backs that have a longer shelf life, but the majority of them don't have a long shelf life, especially yeah. the bigger guys that take a lot of punishment. They don't play very long because of the pounding they take at that position. And you're seeing it around the NFL with certain backs or uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that was more of a, was that a Jerry move essentially, or was that a Steven move essentially? I think it was more of a Jerry because. That's what I thought. (laughs) I think it was more, I thought it was more of a Jerry. And the reason I say that, is is because um you know he likes that kind of stuff he likes to make them work to get contracts but he also knows that zeke was selling tickets for him when he was at the top of his game yeah yeah i see i kind of figured that another observation uh jim from last week now defense had two sacks tackles for loss uh, they're sixth in yards, ninth in points. There's a stat. Check out this stat here. I got this from CBS. Uh, do, 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 do. Let me see if I can find it. I've got so many notes in here. Uh, Michael Parsons, in the NFL rank, he's, he's first in sacks. He's first in quarterback hits. He's first in tackles for loss. He's 13th in uh, pressures. Do you see this team being more as a defensive team now this year instead of an offensive team? They're going to have to be. They're going to be have to with the things that are going on offense. You got uh, the offensive line. You still have some inexperience in there. Tyler Smith is actually playing really well for yeah. a rookie, but they, they're going to have to do. The defense is going to have to make plays, especially in their game they're coming up with New York. They're going to be in games. And if you remember uh, against Tampa, people don't realize they held Tampa to four field goals. Yeah. And Tampa only scored one touchdown. That's pretty impressive on a Tampa team. I know Tampa beat them 19 to three, but yeah, it's still pretty impressive, uh, impressive that they can do that with a Tom Brady led team. And they had their, all their receivers at that time. Well, now we find out that the Tampa Bay defense 
as of right now, it's the best in the league at 6.5 points a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, and maybe who they're playing too. We're yeah. playing offenses that are struggling because right now, the best defense in the league might be Buffalo. Is Buffalo? Yeah. They With that pass be. rush? Oh, my goodness. And just what they do and a havoc yeah. they create is uh, pretty impressive. And I'm not taking anything away from Tampa, but uh, yeah. the explosive. A lot of times, if you have a really good defense, obviously, but if you have an offense like Buffalo, that's a heck of a combination. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say they beat uh, – Tennessee was a one seed. Uh, obviously, the Rams, Rams were the won the Super Bowl, yeah. 72 to 17. Yeah, what are your thoughts about this Buffalo team? How do you stay focused? At, you know, you, you played on Super Bowl team. How do you stay focused when you get off the, that kind of start and not get complacent? Well, the thing is, is they didn't win the Super Bowl. And that's the thing you got to realize. And they know that. They know with all the success they had, they still didn't get to the championship game. Yeah. So that, that keeps them focused. They know that that because they got off to a fast start, that doesn't mean they're going to stay. They're going to find out a lot about themselves this week because that Miami team, yeah. they're shocking in what they can do to you. This is going to be a heck of a game. Yeah. And they haven't faced anybody like Josh Allen and Diggs and guys like that. But then on the same thing, uh, Buffalo has to challenge Tariq Hill and a Waddle. And yeah. that, that's going to be it's going to be a good game. Yeah, my my deal about uh, about that Miami team is uh, I predicted that they would play really well in September. You got two of the fast, like four hundred meter guys in Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You got a new head coach. All these fancy offensive schemes coming in that nobody's really seen with this group. But then you got a guy like uh, Tua who has a problem getting away sometimes when. When the uh, pressure comes in, uh, he, he, he was hurting college, Jim. Uh, yeah. He was hurt his first year last year. Yes. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a, uh, a Sam Bradford. Remember Sam Bradford? From, yeah, yeah. You know, that's I, my only concern about them. And that is concern. Can he stay healthy? But at this point, he's staying pretty healthy, and he's throwing the ball well. Yeah. He's throwing the ball. I've, I've never been really big on Alabama quarterbacks, but – this group of Alabama quarterbacks are in the league right now. They're playing well. That is true. Someone put a picture out, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts. That leads me into the other question, Jim. You recruited Jalen Hurts out of Colorado. Uh, the Eagles, I hate to admit this with Jamie on the Northeast Street family. <laughs> He's going to be on tomorrow, Jim. They have the number one offense in the league, like what they did with the secondary what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurd? Uh, Jalen Hurts, you recruited him in college. Uh, how far can he take this team from what you've seen up to today, Jim? Well, Jalen Hurts' dad was a longtime high school coach at Chandler View High School in Houston. And okay. he's, he's since he's been a little kid, he's been around football. And then he's okay. been in meetings. And like I said, he's a coach's son. And he yeah. understands the game. And he knows how to work. His dad was a hard worker. Jalen was a hard worker. You'd see Jalen running around. And yeah. uh, he was at high school practices, throwing the ball, watching how teams uh, responded to quarterbacks. And he learned a lot just yeah. by before he even got to high school. 
Man. So, okay. You say, uh, I know that Kyler Murray's out of Texas too. You seem like you're not a big Kyler Murray guy. So are you, do you like Hurts over Kyler Murray? I like him. And the reason is, is because Jalen brings teams together. He's okay. that kind of guy. Jalen is a team guy. And that's why he has so much success. It's never about Jalen. Like I said, his coach, his dad was like that. He brought that whole team yeah. together. And Jalen does the same thing. And that's why they're having so much success. I'm a big uh, Hurts fan and always have been. I'm not a big Philly fan, but I'm a yeah. Hurts so, fan. Kyler, uh, what about Kyler? He's What's more of a different? me guy. Okay. He's, more, he's got a lot of talent, and nobody's ever going to question his talent. And what he did last week against Las Vegas uh, shows you what kind of talent he has. Yeah. So that's it. Um, you see that all the time with his talent, but he's more of a me guy. It's all about him. It's not about the people around him. Mm. So do you think that Philly can win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts? Yes. There's, um, I mean, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, well, Flacco he can make those second reads. Now Flacco's uh, Flacco had work ethic issues after he got his contract, from what I've read. Yeah, Trent Delford, and you've seen quarterbacks with, with less that kind talent. of defense. Yeah, and less talent than uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a theory. Um, okay, Cooper Rush. Go back to the Cowboys for a second. Uh, he's two and zero as a starter. One last year against Minnesota, uh, team really played well around him uh, the other day. His stats are above average. I think he's he's got like a 95 rating, something of that nature. Four touchdowns, one interception. Think about this for a second. If, if Cooper Rush, they play the Rams in a few weeks, they play the Eagles, if they stay undefeated, once Dak, now here's some subtext to Dak Prescott for the audience. Dak is, I want to say, one in three in the playoffs. Uh, lost to the 49ers last year. Uh, lost to the Raiders. Would you keep Cooper Rush in the hot hand? Now, Dak's already been paid. Would you chance that, Jim? Uh, no. That happened with, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. That happened with Troy Aikman when. Uh, Burline in 91 when Burline was playing well. Okay. But that is their quarterback. It's not going to chance that. You just, okay. He keeps the egg. He keeps the train moving, but yeah. that is the engineer. He just took a little bit of uh, time. Ryan says hard no. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do a little Colin Cowherd, Green, Michael Greenberg, uh, play a little devil's advocate. Jim, I, I can't let you go. I got one more really good yeah. question here. Yes. Uh, uh, you went to Arizona State, right? Yes. Herm Edwards. I love Herm Edwards, by the way. I know he's 68. I'm always been a Herm Edwards game <laughs> a, a fan. Uh, uh, you play to win the game. What's your thoughts on Herm Edwards being fired from Arizona State? Well, you got to remember what he did, and he let go on. First of all, I'm, I was upset because he let Anthony Antonio Pierce come yes. in, a U of A, University of Arizona guy, and come in and destroy Basically, he destroyed that program. He was oh, doing wow. illegal stuff, and that bothered me. Why would you let somebody from the rival school, and they're only 100 miles apart, and they are intense rivals, oh, take wow. over your program and do the things that Antonio Pierce did? 
Antonio yeah. Pierce is at the radio, Raiders right now. And you saw what happened to the Raiders. You saw yeah. what they did. They were up 21 points and lost the game. He was the line. Imploded. Like a coach. Yeah. They imploded. He did that at Arizona State. Everybody talks about he recruited, but he recruited illegally. Yeah. He recruited illegally. I mean, he did Arizona and Herm let this going on. You can't be in the dark about what was going on. Yeah. He just turned, you know, he turned the other eye and he let yeah. this go on. And it's gonna bother me because he's he didn't do it the right way. Herm yeah, so you you right you way. you were a recruiter. How how much are aware as a former coach there of those type of rules? Every coach should be aware of them. We're okay. um when you uh, become a college coach, you have to take an NCAA test. So you know the rules. Okay. And every every coach has to take that test before they're qualified to go on the road. And you have to pass the test. Yeah. So they know the rules. So don't give me that ad. I wasn't aware of them. It was during COVID. They were bringing kids in and during the COVID pandemic. And it was uh, the NCAA said we can't do that. And they obviously expressed that to every coach and every team. So you're saying Herm Edwards knew that? Yes, he did. Willfully know. and deliberately. Yes. Try to get around the rules. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. To this so side, I believe. Who, who would you like to see him uh, hire? If you had your, I'll opinion. tell you. Um, I like a guy named Eric Morris, and Eric Morris is at Washington State. He was an incarnate word. He started that program and took him from um, Division Two to Division One, and had a lot of success. He's now he was at Washington State with uh, Mike Leach. He played for uh, Texas uh, Texas Tech with Mark Le Mike Leach. He was our GA at the University of Houston. This guy's amazing. He's wow. one. And uh, everybody's saying Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders would be incredible at yeah. Arizona State. And the reason is, first of all, he can recruit. Yeah. And that's what it is. He can recruit. And I used to uh, when I was recruiting Texas. Dion would bring kids anywhere to get them yeah. seen, and he was great with the kids. People don't realize they see the prime time, but that's not prime time when he's coaching. He's Dion, and he really, truly loves the kids, and the kids yeah. love playing for him. He took the number one corner in the nation, and people thought he did something illegal. If you know Dion and his personality, you yeah. know why that kid went there. Oh, was it a – I thought it was a defensive tackle that went to Florida State. No, no, it was a cornerback. Wow. And then those Maybe two it was a tackle too, Jim. Yeah, it could be. And he did take some kids from um, high D1 programs, and they came to play for him. If you know Dion, and yeah. you get away from the prime time yeah. and just see him and talk to him, you'd be really impressed. He, I'll tell you a quick story about Yeah, him. hey, man, I got plenty of time, as long okay. as you ain't – you know, when I when um, I was coaching at the Cowboys, Dion was playing corner for us. Yeah, and he come in and we go out and meet and everything. Yeah, and it'd be uh, we usually in the office from five o'clock till uh, twelve every day, five to and, midnight. Yep, mm. and Dion would be there five studying the offenses and the wide receivers that he's going to play. And he would always say, roll the coverage away from me. I got this side. You just take care of the other side. Yeah. I'll take care of this side. Because he understood. He knew more about the game. And he was a great student of the game. People think 
because of his vast talent, which he was. He's yeah. extremely talented. But he studied the game, and he knows the game. He has success on the high school ranks in Texas. He's having success at Jackson State. And in a yeah. D1 program, with his pers- uh, personality, he'd be really good with any D1 program. Do you think he's bucking for that job, or you think maybe he's wanting to do do the HBCU for a while? Well, the thing is, is uh, his two sons are there, and uh-huh. I would think that he would wait till his sons graduate. And he has a daughter that is actually um, he uh, that is actually just took a basketball scholarship there. There would have to be some kind of deals where he could get them to follow him because he is close to his uh, children. Nice. So um, would you ever take another job coaching? Uh, have you got it? Because I know you uh, coach with the USF, or not USF at all. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I'm doing, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. I work in insurance and I've done that before in the insurance industry. And okay. it's less stressful than coaching yeah. because I get too much into it. I'm there early in the morning. I don't leave the late at night. And I'm yeah. getting a little older. That's to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. How's your son doing? He's doing good. Uh, he's got a little bit of a injury, and but he'll be all right. He'll be ready by the um, playoffs, and he'll okay. be in. Uh, hopefully, they'll do well. They've won two great cups. Okay. And um, he uh, has the opportunity to win three in a row, which is always an accomplishment. And that's he. He plays for Can- Canadian Football League. Yes, he plays is for. He's going to consider coach. doing coaching. No, 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 no. He's he's too smart <laughs> for that. <laughs> he's been around that for too long. He's oh, going to be, uh, in the offseason, he works in commercial real estate for one of my ex-teammates, Chad Hiddens. He works for his company. Oh, okay. And he okay. likes that big money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to keep in mind of that um, situation there with Arizona. You know, that Arizona, Arizona State. State. Never yeah. say Arizona to an Arizona State grad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, let me ask you. You said you you knew Barry Bonds. How well did you know Bonds at Arizona knew State? knew Barry Bonds really well. Um, Barry was at Arizona State when I was there, and uh, he was younger, but he always hung, hung around with the football team because the baseball players didn't like him, so he always hung around with us. He used to ride. I'll never forget, he used to have a black Trans Am. Yeah. He used to ride there and – He'd always hang out with us, and he didn't bother us. Yeah, he didn't bother. Well, y'all us. too big. You kick his butt. <laughs> we, yeah, he was only hundred and eighty pounds back then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim. So, uh, did you know that Bonds was going to be Bonds at Arizona State? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was that, and uh, Bobby Bonds, his dad was a great Major League Baseball player. You knew that he was the best player on there. Yeah. You think we can get Barry Bonds on here? <laughs> we no love chance. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of an introvert. You know, I, I heard yeah, him yeah. do one interview. Yeah. He's real quiet and he's reserved now because of all the things that went on with Balco. Yeah. You ever stay in touch with any of those guys from Arizona State? Yes, very much so. Actually, I'm going out there on uh, November 18th. They're honoring um, the 1983 Fiesta Bowl team which I was the uh, co-MVP. I was the defensive MVP for the game. Yeah. And it was against Oklahoma. So I'm going oh, out man. there. Yeah. And I played with a lot of great players at that time. Gerald Riggs, Robert Weathers, they're all Jerry Bell. We had a lot of really good players. Um, oh, yeah, we man. had nine guys 
that went to Super Bowls out of uh, that class that I graduated with. How how did uh, Mac and Linda, how did they find you? How did they find me? Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a guy here that does uh, podcasts in yeah. Dallas. And he uh, his name is Brady Tinker. And uh, he uh, recommended me to them to do a uh, podcast for him. With Byron. Oh, was you looking into doing podcasting? Yes. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Wow. I thought Linda just called you a thousand times. No, no, no. Emailing people. No, no. Uh, uh, Brady had recommended me to uh, do a podcast with him. Man, you know what? I, I really uh, hold on. Somebody's got a question. Like any other yes. sports, uh, I appreciate everything you've done, man. I mean, coming on every week, Brian's got a question. Yeah, uh, six a.m. to midnight, coaches. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you yeah. guys live in that uh, place, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You just you're always trying to find something that's going to help you win the game, and we yeah. make it. Um, we make it a little bit probably complicated, and then with this analytical stuff, it yeah. takes it to a different level. And well, Jimmy uh, Johnson really sleep in in the locker room, or yeah. in the, in the in the stadium. No, <laughs> no. Jimmy well, he made it look like that. I mean, he says it cost him his first marriage back in 1990. That's when he was in college, not oh, in the okay. NFL, not in the NFL, but in college. See, that's kind of a myth going around, Jim. So really, it's you guys that put the hours in, the assistants, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so they go home at normal hours. The head coaches, they go. They have bankers' hours. The majority of them the <laughs> that do all the work. Well. I guess I'm going to jump off here. Thanks again. Hey, you're welcome to come on every Tuesday. Oh, I, if you want. I know you're busy, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of my insurance. We've got a, a case where we're doing over 20,000 people. So, Oh, man. What yeah. type of insurance? We do um, health. We have a health division. We have made, um, uh, commercials, residential, and we do wealth management. So okay. we do quite a bit. It's called Billis Insurance Group. And oh, I, wow. I've been in the insurance industry. When I took some time off from coaching, I went into the insurance industry and owned an insurance agency. And these are all my friends from that that time. So people, so you still live out in the Dallas area, Fort Worth? Yes, area? I do. I live in the Dallas. I live in Frisco, where the star is, where the uh, Cowboys training facility is. I live 10 minutes away. Oh, okay. Now... Uh, so you do you still do that talking shop on Wednesdays with Byron? Yes, we do it at Wednesday at seven with uh Byron Williams, who's a former Giant, and when it's going to be pretty interesting tomorrow because the Giants and the Cowboys play on Sunday night. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell, I'm gonna have to make sure he understands the Cowboys are gonna win. Corey had a question for I let yes. you go here. Barry question. Sanders or Edmund? Barry Sanders, yes. Barry Sanders, if you play in the NFL, you're on his highlight film. But Emmett <laughs> has championships, and he's the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. You can say what you want, but he is the all-time. Barry Sanders was a headache to play against because, like I said, you never knew which where he was going at or where he was going in. One of the greatest athletes that ever played the game was Barry Sanders. So you would say Barry Sanders – probably was the better athlete, but Emmett was patient. He knew vision, and you can talk about offensive line. Emmett was the all-time leading rusher 
in uh, Florida. League history. Yeah. Oh, Florida history? Yeah. yeah, he was all-time leading rusher in the state of Florida. So that's oh, wow. town. And Barry, don't get me wrong. Barry was an incredible talent. And there's yeah. no, no – uh, he's a Hall of Famer. And like I said – we, you had to prepare to play Barry. And if you're not, that's the only highlight film of another player that I'm on is Barry Sanders. Man. <laughs> and everybody in the NFL, if you play in the NFL, you go and you're a defensive player, you're going to be on his highlight film. Wow. So uh if you so you would take you would take Emmon over Barry. Yes. Did you ever get Emmon on your show, by the way? No, I, I didn't even ask him. I'll ask him that. I thought you was trying to get him on about a year ago. Uh, no, I, it, they had the wrong one. He thought it was it was Kevin Smith, not Emmett Smith. Kevin oh. Smith was the cornerback. But I guess one of the back that and I love Emmett was Tony Dorsett. Yeah. To this day, T D would have won the hundred meter championship in the uh, Olympics if he ever trained for it. He was that good. I thought it was pretty cool about Byron. Uh, he's from Texarkana, right? Yes, he is. And he was drafted by the Giants. And, he's Giants. Right, and you're originally from New Jersey. Yeah, I grew up um, 25 minutes away from the Meadowlands, and I'm drafted by the Cowboys. Do you still go out there any? Yes, I'm going out there actually Friday. I won't be on the uh, show, Mac at uh, Jack's show on Sunday, because I'll be out visiting my parents. My parents still live on the Jersey Shore. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just uh I was just curious about that. Do you have a place out there or just got family? Uh just uh family. My parents yeah. live in Texas uh, grows it grows on people, don't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And I and I have a home obviously here in Texas, but oh, okay. my parents, I go visit my parents. They're getting up in age and I just like to see them. Hey, that's great. They're still living, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you ever get those Michael Clark Duncan uh <laughs> the green mile <laughs> green mile Talladega <laughs> night you got a little that. bit i used to get that in I the airport to... yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's passed away yeah he died a few years ago yes he did and he was yeah. a football player did you know that no who did he, he play for one of the miss he played for either old miss or mississippi state i know he played for a school down south in mississippi you know that movie was filmed here in nashville Oh really? And a Green Mile. I didn't know that. Is the uh, it was filmed at an old prison here, and I've worked security with some guys. They said he's really cool dude. Threw the football with the with the extras, the little people like me, and uh, he's a, he's a nice guy. But I was just thinking, I was preparing for the show. I thought, you know, he looks a lot like Michael Clark Duncan, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness don't you put that on did you ever watch that movie Talladega Nights yes yes yeah remember he's a cruel chief don't you put yep. that on me Ricky Bobby don't you put that on me <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness well I appreciate it again I'll see it's you my next pleasure, Robert hey I'll see you next week sometime maybe yes you will know, wherever well we'll we'll get together I, I yeah. enjoy your show and like I said contribute to Robert's show. He does a tremendous job. We even got theme music on our show for him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to get, did you ever work with Mike Westhoff, uh, special teams? No, coach? no, no. I, I've been seeing that about his book that's out. Yeah. I've been reading it, man. It's great. He's got yeah. a Jimmy Johnson story in there from the 60s. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah Jimmy uh, and Jerry won a national championship at Arkansas, and the offensive line coach was. Barry Switzer. 
There's a small world. Yep. My dad used to tell me that all the time. It's a fraternity. It's a coaching fraternity. It is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm working on uh, getting Mike on here. Uh, really nice friends with him on Facebook. I bought his book about 100 pages in. I was just wondering because I figured you knew everybody playing in the league that long. Yeah, yeah. I know of him, but I don't know him personally. I'm okay. a on Facebook and I don't know him personally. But there's yeah. a lot of guys like that. Like Al Borges. You ever heard of Al Borges? Yes, I know Al Borges is. Yeah, had him on. He's got a great book. It's going to be out in October about the 2004 Auburn Tigers. Yeah, yeah. And was that with uh, the quarterback? Uh, He coached – oh, Jason Campbell? Yeah, was it Jason Campbell in 2004? Yeah. Uh, Running back was – Man, he was really good. That Cadillac Williams and Ronnie yes, Brown. Yep, 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 yep. He he reminded me. He's like, yeah, we thought we were great when. Uh, well, how did he put it? When we put thirty eight on Tennessee, I said, thanks a lot. I remember that. <laughs> he said, yeah. like in Knoxville, we beat them thirty eight to seventeen. Oh, then I knew we had a great goodness. team. I said, oh my goodness. I said, yeah, man. I know. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Deny oh. the tiger. Yeah, Pickles remembers. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So have a good one, man. I'll All stay, right. Uh, we'll stay in touch here. All right, Robert. Thank you for having yeah. me on. Of course. See you, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Jim, Jeff, Code, everybody. Wow. Man, he stayed on longer than I thought he was going to stay on. It's so exciting. Uh, let's talk about yesterday's game, okay? Switching gears. Uh, the Bills are what I – what. I thought they were, okay? Uh, If you guys go back and listen to the last week, uh, I think it was on Wednesday. No, it was on Thursday before kickoff. I said, this team's probably going to be the preseason number one. Uh, They're going to be the number one team in the regular season. Josh Allen's going to get the MVP. Uh, only team that's going to beat Buffalo's Buffalo. Like Jim said, they hadn't won a Super Bowl. He don't think complacency is going to set in now. A lot of rigid, uh, crazed fan base up there. I can see their heads starting to get big. Uh, they got a little injuries. Dane Jackson went out. But they are who I thought they were. They're going to be a great team. They are a great team. Uh, they need to work on the running game a little bit. Uh, but they have a pass. They have a pass rush. Uh, they didn't run Josh Allen too much yesterday. Didn't need to. They that the game was over with in, in the third quarter. Uh, they, you know, like I was talking about with Jim earlier, they were seventeen. Uh, they've outscored the the Rams, who won the Super Bowl, and Tennessee Titans, the number one team, seven seventy two to seventeen. That's probably the best first uh, uh, start ever. If you look at strength of schedule, margin of victory, uh, they would be the unanimous number one in college football. Now, as far as Tennessee is concerned, okay, as far as Tennessee, Taylor DeWan got injured early. Uh, Couldn't get anything going in the running game. Ryan Tannehill's salary, not to beat a dead horse, should be made and should come up in discussion. Now, they've got the Raiders this week. Also want to mind you, this team has lost Harold Landry before the season started. Uh, they lost Kristen Fulton. 
uh, probably their lead corner. Janoris Jenkins was like, well, I'll come back for $3.5 million. I thought, yeah, maybe so. They traded away A.J. Brown for a first-round pick. Uh, they lost Roger Saffold, uh, their lead blocker in the run game, to free agency. I don't know if any of you caught that on ESPN last night. Uh, all these signs, losing Roger Saffold, uh, trading A.J. Green, not wanting to sign A.J. Uh, AJ Brown back, excuse me. They not want to sign. That signifies to me, to me, that John Robertson, the general manager of this team, is got a uh, a sense that he thinks that Tannehill has taken this team as far as it can go. It is a team game. I understand. So, if that is true, and say for instance they lose uh, Sunday to the Raiders. Do what I'd say last week. Teams to get humiliated. Teams to get hu- humiliated on a primetime game, come back and play like barnstormers the next week. The Dallas Cowboys beat by 16, three points at home, humiliated by the Tampa Bay Bucks, came back strong. The Rams, humiliated by the, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they had a 17, 20-point lead. Now, they blew it at the end, but they still came out like a house of fire with the Atlanta uh, Falcons. Uh, the Jets, they got it. They got humiliated. Now, for whatever reason, if Tennessee loses again, uh, the trade deadline is November 1st. You have to start looking at things from a realistic perspective. And they cut their Pro Bowl corners. What? Yeah, now I do like the corner they brought in. I, I, I like the stuff. He, he seems to have a stronger foot. But Tennessee, uh, if you're John Robertson, you, you're thinking about the home loss last year. You're thinking about the home loss the year before that in the playoffs to Tannehill. And I'm I'm looking at trading guys like Derrick Henry for a first-round pick to a Philadelphia, uh, to a Miami. I'm looking at trading a guy like a uh, Kevin Byard who is a $19 million cap hit. Uh, this is stuff the Tennessee fans don't want to hear, but i tell you stuff that I think that's true that you need to hear. I'm not a cheerleader, guys. I'm not a, I'm not a public relations person. I'm not a pom-pom waver. That's not what I do. I tell the truth, okay? Sometimes the truth hurts, and people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear some lies. Hey, let's get it together. No, they don't have a good enough roster, you know? They simply don't, uh, but these are viable aspects right here. These are viable pieces. You got a guy like Kevin Byron, $19 million cap hit. Uh, you can get a first-round pick for a, a Derrick Henry. You can get a late, a early second, maybe a late first for Kevin Byard. Taylor Lewan. Now, Taylor Lewan's a left tackle. I just said earlier that you, you always want to pay a, a left tackle into their 30s if, if, if they're productive, okay? If they are productive, you want to pay a left tackle on into their 30s. Lawan uh, hasn't played 16 games or 17 games since 2017, guys. That it, it's, it's 2022 right now. And according to Pro Football Focus, Taylor Lawan, who makes about $18 million a year, is 28th. He's the 28th best left tackle in football. And you're looking at that. So 
They've already got a first-round pick. They're probably going to lose, uh, you know, six, seven, eight games, maybe 10 games, maybe 11 games. Who knows? The injury bug's really catching up with Tennessee. But say if you traded Taylor Lewan, Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard, you could get potentially uh, three seconds or, or three late first-round picks. Byard, you can get a first-round pick as a Pro Bowl level, and you could start over there, uh, try to work on something with Tannehill next year to get his salary off. And and and, and if you want to uh, start with, with, with uh, Malik Willis next year, or maybe you can uh, put together something and go after – a, 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 a this is going to be a more quarterback friendly draft. The quarterback out of uh, out of uh, Kentucky looks pretty good. Uh, Mel Kiper has him as a pro prospect. Nobody's talking about him. Uh, University of Kentucky uh, uh, quarterback. Uh, I know that that uh, by, uh, what's his name Bryce Young out of Alabama. He's probably going to go number one. But there's going to be some other quarterbacks. Uh, do you believe in Malik Willis? I'm not really sure of a Malik Willis. Okay. I'm not really sure uh, of a uh, uh, a Malik Willis, but I will say this: that the team is not getting good. They're not getting good push here. Uh, Bobby Hart, by the way, uh, he was uh, Bobby Hart, offensive lineman. He, he swung and hit a coach for the Tennessee Titans, and now he's suspended for a game in the locker room on the way to the locker room. Uh, points differential, Tennessee is minus 35 in the NFL. That They're the last point differential team in the entire league. Uh, Buffalo's plus 55, they're number one. So you're looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, it, it is something to look at. You know, it, it is food for thought. Uh, you say, well, why, why November 1st? Because nowadays – uh, the trade deadline's a big deal. It's like the NBA now. It's like Major League Baseball. Five, six years ago, yes, five or six years ago, the trade deadline in the NFL was nothing like this. You rarely got trades. Now you're getting big trades. You know, it's something that you have to look at. You know, Corey, see, friend of mine here, I agree while they blow up the team to lose just to, like a Danny. Yeah. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge has got a boatload of draft picks. They're even more valuable in the NFL, Corey. Uh, the, the league is filled with second-round players that are just killing it. Derrick Henry was a second-round player. A.J. Brown was a second-round player. Uh, Daryl Revis. We were talking about Daryl Revis yesterday's program. He was a second-round player. Uh, a lot of really good players. Tennessee Titans had a left tackle, really good player named Michael Ruse. How about that name for you? He was a second-round player. Uh, you got to clean up your cap, okay? And if you don't think Malik Willis is the guy, I don't think he's the guy today, September 20th. Uh, but what does John Robertson think? What does, what does that organization think? I, I'm starting to get a little bit of a sense by Mike Vrabel and John Robertson, they're not as tied to the hip as I thought they were originally. I think they butted heads. Now, from everything I read about coaches and general managers over the years, that's like that everywhere. It's like that 
um, with all the great coaches and general managers. There's always some kind of friction. There's always some kind of friction with the court, the coach and the quarterback. This is stuff I hear around the league, talking to guys like Jim and hearing stories, being on that program for a number of years, Mac Jack and Jim Jeffcoat show. I did not know that Jim was sold insurance in the area. So he's a pretty busy guy. I thought he just did uh, sign functions and stuff. And uh, I'm glad that he he got involved with the fantasy uh, or with the podcasting thing himself. I thought that uh, Linda had had chased him down and, and talked him into it. Um, very interesting stuff there. So that is stuff that, that if you do what I'm saying, Tennessee Titans – the rebuild is much quicker, okay? It, it, it comes by a lot quicker. These are, again, for, before all my friends and family from, from Nashville call me, I said discussion. I didn't say decision. Discussion is, okay, are we going to do this or are we going to try to fight it and keep going in the other direction, maybe be a buyer in the trade market, okay? Maybe go out and get an Eric Fisher, uh, at left tackle if Taylor Lewan's hurt. Maybe go out and get another, trade for another guard, okay? So those are discussions, okay? I haven't said they need to go ahead and do this. I said that it's mainly food for thought. There's a conversation we had from Mike Vrabel. I knew that they're also sitting to get over the hump. Yeah, and now Vrabel, Brian, he was holding his head in his hands with disgust on draft night when the Titans – traded A.J. Brown, I thought maybe he was more in line with John Robertson. So there is some friction there, Brian, between John Robertson and Mike Vrabel did I not, did I, that I did not know. I know that they know each other from their New England days. Uh, I know that uh, John Robertson is a local Tennessee guy, and he has a, his heart and soul is into this. But I also know that Mike Vrabel has turned out to be a well of a – a motivator. Uh, he, he has got this team playing at a high level of confidence since he's been here. Uh, first time in several years, several, several years, maybe uh, uh, since they've been the Tennessee Titans, I want to say that they've won the division two years in a row. Uh, he helped them beat foes like Baltimore that had their Tennessee's number for, for a number of years. The Patriots who had their number for a number of years, the San Diego, then LA Chargers, he beat all those teams. He slayed a lot of dragons. My thing is they uh, that John Robertson has missed on uh, trades like Julio Jones. It didn't work out. Do you have a second round pick for a guy who's had? He's a very high fifteen million dollar kit, and he was a guy that's hurt all the time. He's past his prime. Uh, he missed on a left tackle out of Georgia a few years ago. He he drafted Corey Davis at number six instead of a Jamal Adams. Uh, uh, the safety who was on the board. So he's missed, but he's also got a Mike Vrabel, and he also drafted a a, a, a Jeffrey Simmons, uh, uh, got a steal. He got a top five pick at the end of the first round because he tore his ACL in, in, in training for the combine, Jeffrey Simmons. So uh, nobody bats a 1,000, you know, nobody bats a 1,000, but uh, uh, he, he, he has done pretty well. Uh, but the, my point is there is some friction there and they got to get on the same page. You know, they got to have a this discussion. If if the Titans lose Sunday, it shouldn't be on Brable. Okay. They're, they're, it's a player thing. 
the Titans are like 27th in run uh, in offensive line ranking, and that was coming into the season. That is not good. Uh, Taylor DeWan's 28th according to Pro Football Focus. You know, um, so I, I just it, it's food for thought. And my thing is, I think that they they have been moving slowly towards this. Now they might want to accelerate it. Okay, you might want to accelerate it. Get the draft picks in, clean your cap up, and start over. Be back on top in no time. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and Brian, here, here's my thing: Tannehill, when he was getting paid seven million dollars towards the salary cap, this team got to the AFC Championship game. When he's being paid 15, 20, 30, now thirty-six million dollars towards the salary cap, you have to let guys like Roger Saffold go. You have to trade your young wide receiver. That was okay with, with trading Brown, but Saffeld was huge. The more I studied this game and get into the analytics, uh, and, and it just killed me to hear that last night, to see Buffalo, uh, uh, the commentators say, well, they wanted to keep Saffeld, but he was a cap cap. Well, hey, this guy's one of the best running blockers in the league. He's worth $10 million, okay? All right. Staying in the same division. Wow, guys, you know what? I've got some stuff I'm just going to have to get to tomorrow. Jim went over longer than I thought he would be. Uh, he said 15, 20 minutes. We went 30. He's great. Man, he is awesome. Um, Jacksonville, they may win this division. They're in first place. I want to mind you guys, the Jaguars last year held the Buffalo Bills. This Buffalo Bills team that – that blown out Miami last year, 35 to nothing. And I think they'll beat Miami this year. I know what Jim said, but I think they're going to beat Miami Sunday. They held them to six points last year. Uh, the Jags won 24 nothing. They've won eight straight home games against the Colts. And, you know, they're, they're, they're a couple of drop passes away from being 2-0 and in the uh, and, and having a and the commanding the lead there. In the AFC staff, uh, you mind you, this team has had the number one pick two years in a row. Uh, their defense was coming together last year. Got a few issues at cornerback, but with, it looks great. What I say yesterday, it looks great when you have a good pass rush. Your secondary, I was always told that. I thought it was overstated. But uh, your secondary looks great when you have a pass rush like that. Okay? But... Uh, they need a little help at corner, but you, you've got Doug Peterson in there. You've got a Super Bowl winning head coach. You've got a two-time national uh, a national championship quarterback who has got – he's been playing since his freshman year. I want to say he's been to, what, uh, three playoff games, two national championship games, Trevor Lawrence, and getting better by the week. Lawrence is getting better, more confident by the week. They don't have the best offensive line in the world. But you look at that pass rush between um, the other Josh Allen and you look at Walker there, uh, their first-round pick, okay, and you look at the, the, the players that they've already had there in Jacksonville and what they did last year, ETN, okay, uh, Christian Kirk, Guy they got over from the Arizona, uh, Brandon Ingram. All this is starting to come together for Jacksonville. You could have a Super Bowl team there. Maybe not this year, 
Maybe not this year. And they very well may win this division this year. But you may have something special there in Jacksonville. It's early. I get it. But this team looks confident. Uh, they, they Their players always look to be open. Uh, they're schemed very well on offense. And their pass rushers are always in the backfield. What did I say at the beginning of this? I said that that teams sometimes – now, actually, I'll take that back. I said this on the Mac and Jack and Jim show. Sometimes teams are a year ahead. The 49ers, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they go, they go on like a seven, eight-game winning streak to start. This. I said, I think this team is a year ahead. I think they're a year ahead. I like this Nick Bolsa guy. Uh, I like this pass rush. I like this running game they got going here. This Jimmy Garoppolo guy, he's making the right pass at the right time. Not saying Jacksonville is there, but I'm saying that they, I'm saying that they may be better than six and eleven. They may be eleven and six and, and the division winner this year. And you know, I'm out of Nashville. Uh, the Titans fans do not want to hear that, but. I'm just calling balls and strikes, okay? It's early. It's only two games in. Everything I said about Tennessee may very well be me overstating things, or maybe they should go ahead and sell now and and get some first-round picks and get ahead and start over, start to rebuild a lot sooner. And so you can catch back up because it looks like, now it's only two games in. Remember, Houston went up to Denver and played with them for four quarters, okay? Davis Mills, as of the 20th of uh, uh, September today, looks more and more like the starting quarterback that uh, that's going to be the franchise guy for Houston. It's still early. Let's see how much, uh, how well they play throughout. Their defense is better. Lovey Smith is doing a good job so far. It's early. They found a running back and this guy Pierce. I never heard of this guy Pierce. And uh, I like, uh, I think his name is Singletary, the cornerback the, the they got at LSU. Brandon Cooks has turned out to be a decent, um, decent wide receiver for them. Uh, it's Davis Mills. Yeah, yeah. Pickle says he's playing well. Peterson's cleaned up Lawrence passing timing yeah you get rid of the ball quick yeah and and you know we talked about we talked about lovey smith on the mac jack and jim jeff coach show on uh sunday and he says he's a good coach and i said well when you take a guy like rex ryan to the super bar uh rex grossman rex ryan <laughs> i'm thinking about jet coaches here uh rex grossman a guy who's a turnover machine who is up and down his whole career. You get a guy like that to the Super Bowl on defense. Hey, you did something. He was not a good college coach. He was dreadful at Illinois as a college coach. But as a pro coach, the defense was consistent. Um, they played pretty well at times last year when he was a coordinator. Remember, David Culley was a head coach there. So Tennessee, today they're in last place. They could be in last place at the end. Now, my thing is, hey, I'd rather lose them all and, and get a better draft pick. I don't like to be mediocre. You know, we talk about this in basketball. You don't want to be 8-8. Eight and eight. If you're trying to rebuild, just go ahead and stomach it and move on. Uh, play as many young players as you can. 
I guess that would technically be called tanking. But, you know, you, you look at a team like Philadelphia, and they're, they're, they're 2-0. Uh, defensive secondary with James Bradbury, Darius Slay, as advertised so far this season. Howie Roseman, uh, two years ago, pulled off a magnificent trade for Darius Slay. Took a third and a fifth round pick and got a lockdown corner like that. You know, team has a number of offense and yards. They're, they're the number one team in the league, offensive yards. Uh, still not in love with Hurts. I know what Jim said, but uh, he is ninth in QBR. You can protect a mediocre quarterback with, with the number one offensive line in the NFL. Uh, uh, they went and got uh, excellent tight end with uh, Goldert. You've got, you got uh, Smith there, Devontae Smith, and you got A.J. Brown there. According uh, to Pro Football Focus, again, number one offensive line. You've got one of the best one-two cornerbacks uh, in the NFL, had a decent pass rush. That's why they're 2-0. They're physical. Howie Roseman, kudos to him. Kudos to him for uh, for getting, getting everybody set together. Now, Getting this team together, he's made he's he's made some uh, bad plays there. I think there was a guy named Jalen Rager. He missed on a wide receiver a few years ago, but it looks like he's hit here. I like what they did in the draft, and it's starting to show up. It's really starting to show up now. They haven't gotten a division play. Washington's better than people thought they were going to be. Uh, New York Giants, probably a little fool's gold there. I know that Leonard Williams is hurt. Their defensive tackle. And Dallas may have the best defense all around in the division. They definitely got the best player, Micah Parsons. But uh, Howard Roseman, it, that tells you what a good general manager can do. That tells you what um, – so so when your team is bad, don't boo the players. Boo the guys upstairs. Boo the guy in the suit like me, you know. So anyways, that's all I have for tonight. Speaking of Philadelphia, folks. I'm going to have Philadelphia super fan in tomorrow. He's going to be at a bar, but he says I'm going to be able to hear him. Uh, Jamie Pags, he's the Philly sports guy. This guy puts on face paint. He reminds me of a character named David Putty off the show Seinfeld. Uh, they used to dress up uh, in the uh, Seinfeld show. He was Elaine's boyfriend. He was a big uh, New Jersey Devils fan. And I'm going to ask him about his brand. Uh, building his brand as a super fan of, of, of Philadelphia sports. He knows anything and everything about it. Very funny. He's got a very good sense of humor. Uh, he knows this Eagles team forwards, backwards, and sideways. And I'm going to question him on it and see uh, where he goes with with this tomorrow around 8.15 Eastern time. So stand by. We're going to have a great show on this week uh, here on Sports Scope. And of course, we're going to have Carlos uh, Jack Hurts, supposedly he's going to be back Thursday. I'll go over some of my biggest takes in the week, and I'll compare them with uh, sports enthusiast and Hall of Fame boxing writer Jack Hurts. Guys, uh, great show here. Good audience tonight. I will be back tomorrow, same place, same time, here on Sports Scope. Brian says putty. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else memorized it. <laughs> guys, a trip.